there was no peace to him that went out or to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. So those people that came against Israel in those times when they turned to God, they had no peace. All right. Israel had peace. They had victory. You know how God was saying, I will give them some deliverance. Mm -hmm. Remember the last yeah. chapter? Right. So they were getting deliverance with a price, but the people around them that were attacking them didn't have deliverance. They had turmoil going on. But then we look at Asa again. He hears this. Uh, nations were destroyed of nations. It's verse 6. City uh, of city. God did vex them with all adversity. Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Now, by this time, Asa had been working on things in Israel. He'd been turning things around. We looked at what happened in the last chapter with the Ethiopians. Mm -hmm. But then when the word comes to him, don't let your hands be weak. Your work will be rewarded. What did Asa do? And when Asa heard these words, verse 8, and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, number one, here we go, steps again. Number one, he took courage. He didn't just take courage. Next, he put away the, abomin the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities where it taken out of the Mount of Ephraim. And then what did he do? He renewed the altar of the Lord. That was the porch of the Lord. He, he doesn't just have a bunch of nice words. He first... He hears these words. He takes courage. He doesn't just get happy and take courage, but he goes out there and puts away the stuff that's left. He doesn't just put away the stuff that's left from the idols. He builds up the things of God. And then what happens? He gathered all of Judah and Benjamin and even the strangers, I mean the foreigners that were with them. What was the result of this movement, this, these reforms that Asa is, is enacting? Your hint is that it's around the next verse, the end of this verse and the next verse. Asa gathers all of Judah in verse 9, and Benjamin, the strangers. And what's the result of this? It's actually still in verse 9. Yeah, what's that? I heard a, I heard a voice. Um, I was going to probably say um, that when he gathered, well, no, I've been reading it. But it was just saying that they fell to him out of Israel in abundance. I'm not Ooh. sure exactly what that meant. But it was saying mm -hmm. um, this. Yeah. So who is they? Because I like the track you're on. Who is the they that's mentioned here? The uh, strangers from um, Ephraim, Ephraim and Manasseh, Manasseh out of uh, Simeon, Simeon. Uh, Judah and Benjamin. Benjamin. So people from his place and people from Israel. Mm -hmm. People are falling to him. Why are they falling to him? Why are they when they say they fell to him? That means they uh they they were where they were, and they just almost like a tsunami of people headed towards where 
Asa was. Why did they fall to him? They knew God was with him. They knew God was with them. The next part. When they saw that the Lord, his God, was with him. So they gathered themselves to him. They gathered themselves to him at Jerusalem, the third month. Uh, they offered to the Lord at the same time spoils, which they had bought, 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. They entered into a covenant. Wow. These are the results of a person not just making a stand. We, in, in our day and age, folks like to make a stand, but the stand is, is, is an act a lot of times. What is, what is your stand producing? You know what I'm saying? A lot of us tend to make a stand, but what does that stand produce? Does it just produce separation between you and those that need you to minister to them? Or does that stand produce something else? What did Asa's stand produce? Verse 12. Covenant. Covenant. What is a covenant? Promise. A promise. A covenant is a deep promise. Between nations, a covenant is called a treaty. Okay, it's a law between the two of them, an agreement that says we will do this or we won't do that. And in the words of Dr. D. James Kennedy, it's a choice. You can break the covenant or not break the covenant. And what makes a choice significant? Consequences. Consequences make choices significant. So if we say we're going to build a wall or not build a wall, and there's no consequences to us building it or not building it, is the choice significant or not? It's not. It's not significant. So the, so the stand that Asa made was not just words. It was backed up by the actions he had already taken. Mm -hmm. And when the people saw his motivation, and his choice, the outcome was they fell to him. They didn't just gather around him. They fell to him, and then in verse 12 right here, they entered into a covenant. What was the covenant about? To do what? Seek the Lord. Yes. Seek him kind of? Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. What does it say there? King James Version. With all of their heart. With their whole heart and, and their, whole, their soul. And their whole soul. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the kind of stand we want to take in the, this, this day and time. All right. The stand that just says, I'm not a part of that. It's a good stand to start with. But it's not the only stand. That's not as far as God wants you to be. He doesn't want us to just come out from among them and be separate. Or he would not have told us to go out into the, the earth and take his word, his message, his son mm -hmm. with us to them. Remember, we were talking about Rehoboam. He was going to be hard on the people, but he was using tactics without divorce from the purpose. Mm -hmm. So when God tells us to come out from among them, the purpose is what? What does God want in uh, Corinthians? Uh, no, no, not Corinthians. Yeah, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter, we read it every Sunday. Six. Six. When he says, come out from among them and be ye separate. What does he mean by that? Does he mean just shun everybody that's not like you? People that's doing wrong, just don't be around them. Be the standard. Be the standard. Stand out. Stand out. Separate yourself. Very good. Show that there's a difference between people like them and people like them. 
All right, show that being God's child, there's an obvious difference between yeah. you and the world. Exactly. People can look at you and they may not be able to put their finger on it, but they, oh no, he's, he's, he's one of them God people. Okay? But if you separate yourself without the purpose, you just, that's called segregation. You know, that's just, you know, it could be aloof or standoffish. So we have to take the purpose of what God is saying and marry that with what God said to do. Now, without knowing the purpose, still do what God says do. Because not knowing the purpose, as long as you know it's from God, do it. Do it. The purpose will come. He'll explain himself. Remember, he will be found of those who seek him. But what the purpose does, it makes it so that you know why you're doing what you're doing. And as, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all of their heart and with all of their soul. And this is the point to which they went. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. That's serious. <laughs> now that's serious. Whether small or great man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice. And with shouting and with trumpets and with coronets. And all of Judah rejoiced at the oath. God's will. Is it burdensome to us? Isn't Have you found? Has anybody here also found? That sometimes doing what God is telling us to do, can it be restrictive sometimes? Can't you feel sometimes that, you know, okay, I gotta do it. it's not that you don't want to do it. It's just kind of, I had other plans or, goodness, I'm going to have to make things stretch to make this happen. But God said do it. Somebody. Have you ever noticed that when you're really in his will, even though sacrifices don't seem so hard? Mm -hmm. Or perhaps I should say, I already said do sacrifices seem really hard <laughs> when you're in God's will? Have you noticed a change, anybody? Hmm? Yes, no, maybe? You, you recognize that um, when there is a weight, a lot of times it's because we're carrying mm. something we're not supposed to. Right. The burdens that we take on that he took at Calvary we have no business going there, picking them up and just struggling through life because we want to redirect his way to match what we think could possibly work. And when we do that, we're going against the grain in a bad way. We're going, we're trying to pave outside. We want to create a detour that to the path that God has set us on or has called us to be on. And that's what makes it difficult. When, when you said it about, um, is it difficult at times? It is difficult at times when we try to do both his will and ours because mm -hmm. they don't match up. We find sometimes that they, they cross, but that's not cross streets do just that. They cross each other, mm -hmm. but they're going in different directions. And we think sometimes because we stay in one spot mm -hmm. that it's that we're in the right we're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. It's not. We just cross paths with God, 
God's path. Mm -hmm. We need to turn and, and go in that direction, mm -hmm. and we won't have the same struggle. And that right there, that whole thing, it's like you're struggling under the shadow of the cross mm -hmm. to pick up the burdens that you should leave there anyway. Right. That's, that's, that's crazy. And with Asa, we see that systematically, these reforms that he's making, he says the right thing, then he does the right thing, then he makes a plan of action so that everybody can do the right thing. He takes away the excuses. Mm -hmm. That's really the difference between Asa and every almost everybody else that came before him. When we look down here at this next verse, the, everybody's rejoicing and shouting and happy uh, at, the, at the oath that everyone's taking. And then it says here, the thing that would make others, would make others upset, possibly. And also concerning Mike, uh, Mecca, the mother of Asa, Asa as the queen. Asa the king. He removed her from being queen. She was the queen regent, the mother of the king. The queen mother. The queen mother. He removed her from being queen. Is that significant or insignificant? Wow. Why did he do that? Because she had that image. What image? That pagan image. That sex god thing. She had this sex Idolatry. God. Exactly. Idolatry. In the face of God. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to be king. A king. Going back to the way of God. And here she's blatantly... Um, displaying idolatry. It's a conflict of interest. Exactly. And everybody's watching too. So he's in a position such as this and his mother is doing is doing something or has built something that he's looking at and telling everybody, no, this cannot be. He's tearing this stuff down and she put it up. Though they may not say it to him because of fear for their own lives, hmm. uh, they're going to talk about it and he's going to know about it. And it's not, I don't believe it was to save face with the people, but because he knew that this was the right thing to do and he couldn't show favoritism. And that's uh, considered to be one of the greatest sins. It's what's described as Azazel, arrogance in the face of God. Mm -hmm. And it's when you openly, those supposed mm -hmm. to be representing or something of his, openly represent what he does not tolerate it goes along with the proud look as well and we see you remember from the book of samuel the sons of eli what was their great sin that they go ahead caused the people to despise Ex the sacrifices of god that's exactly it they did wrong themselves don't get me wrong they took bribes <laughs> and they make made people pay more then they were supposed to in, in offering and whatnot. But then they would go with the women. They would take stuff for themselves that was supposed to be presented to God. All right. They did all of these things. And they caused Israel to abhor. Who knows what abhor means? Hate. To hate passionately. Exactly. Thank you for saying it before everybody had their hand up. But <laughs> Sorry. to cause the, the people of God to hate worshiping God passionately. For this, they had to die. 
Not only that, but their father, because he let them stay in that position and didn't correct them, he had to die too. Is God unmerciful? No. But let's look at Asel in the next verse. His own mother. He takes steps. What is step one? What does he do? Step one. Took courage. No, in chapter 16, this is the second time. Everything he does, it's in steps. Chapter 16, what does he do? Step one. Verse I'm sorry, verse 16. He removed her from being queen. He First, he removed her from being queen. Why? And it says here, because, I circled because, because she had made an idol in the grove. And then step two, what was step two? He cut he down her down. idol. Yeah. Step three, he stamped <laughs> it. What does that mean? Stop. Yeah. He broke it to pieces. Step four. Then he burnt it. Step four. He burnt it at the brook Kidron. What does that mean? He burnt it near water. Maybe so that it wouldn't catch other buildings on fire. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine burning something that was so big or so great that the hazard of burning other buildings made you remove that thing, stamp it and all, and then burn it down by the river? But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Question. Do you think that's Asa's fault, that the high places were not taken away out of Israel? It is a trick question. Do you think that's Asa's fault? 